0: Well, I don't know if you guys have opened presents yet, but there's a thing that happens every year. It always happens. It happened to me last night, opening presents. As a marketer, I think it's genius. As a parent, I hate it. You might already know. No, man. You get the thing and you open the thing and you see the thing and it's super cool and the little paper falls out of the thing that shows you all the other things that you can buy to go with the thing so it happens with legos you get the coolest lego set ever and it's a jet and the little paper falls out advertising the motorcycle and the helicopter and of course you need the base to keep the helicopter and the motorcycle and the robot I got a cool history map timeline thing. I'll bring it in here sometime. I will unleash it upon you guys. It's 23 feet long, and it's a whole history of the world. And yes, I'm 48 years old. I open the thing out, and the paper falls out. Here's the companion book you can buy to go with it. You're like, my contentment and my thankfulness lasted all of half a second. Then I saw what else there was. What does this have to do with anything? Well, we've been going through Hebrews. And Hebrews is all the beginning is about, oh, you guys like Moses. Let me tell you about somebody better than Moses. Oh, you guys, you like angels a whole bunch. Let me tell you about somebody that's better than angels. Oh, my goodness. You love the law. The law is wonderful and it's pure and it's holy and it's so good. Let me tell you about somebody that's better than the law. And. In Hebrews 8, he is talking about priests. And boy, you got this high priest, and you are just really loving your high priest. And then this little piece of paper falls out. And the little piece of paper that falls out says, There's a better high priest that's coming. And he is so much better. You you think your little motorcycle is cool. Wait till you get the helicopter. It is just next level, it's a whole different thing. And that happened. In the Old Testament, there are these times where God would give the law and Moses would say great things. And then Moses would say, you know, somebody's going to come after me that's kind of like me, but it's going to do a better job. And you're like, we just walked through the Red Sea. We just, we just unleashed 10 plagues on Egypt and somebody's going to come that's better than you. So we're going to talk about all that today. So it starts in Hebrews 8.1. The point we are saying is this. We have such a high priest. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Okay, right there. If you were a Jewish person in the first century, one thing you never saw a high priest do was sit down. The whole time the high priest is doing his thing. So, there's just this massive, I want you to imagine, like crowds of people, like at a, at a high school football game or at a music festival, and they're all bringing sheep, and they're all bringing sheep, and they're all bringing sheep, and they kill the sheep, and they pass that off to a priest. And the priest takes the sheep, and he goes, and he takes it to the high priest, and there's just all this hullabaloo and moving, and there's animals everywhere, and it's loud, and it smells, and there's just activity and activity and activity. And as long as the work needs to be done, the high priest is standing. You look at all the furniture in the tabernacle, all the furniture in the temple. There is never any description of how to build a chair or how to build a seat. The only seat is where God sits on the mercy seat. Otherwise, nobody's sitting. So when this guy writes Hebrews and he says, we have a high priest who is seated. It's because the work is done. The day is over. Get his slippers, get his remote control, get him his beer. We're done. The day is over. Seated at the right right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. He is a minister in the holy places in the true tent that the Lord set up not man for every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. And it talks about, you know what the high priest does a little bit. Skip down to verse five. They serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. Now this would be really offensive. If I told you that the whole thing you're doing, you're just doing for a copy and a shadow of reality. You'd be like, what? I thought, this is like the real thing. Well, when Moses built it, God said, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. There's a lot of, a lot of ancient rabbis, and they taught that what Moses built, he saw the real thing. God didn't, God didn't say, come here, Moses, check this out, and roll out blueprints and show him the details and the blueprints. A lot of rabbis taught that there was actually some sort of thing in the heavens. They even believed that there was bread up there and the manna that the, the Hebrews ate in the wilderness. The angels took out of the bread storage compartment, area, building, whatever it was in heaven and served that to the people. And that's what the manna was. Pretty wild. So the thing that Moses made, the tabernacle, the tent, all of those furniture pieces, none of which were a chair, were something that Moses saw and made a copy of and tried to make with the materials that he had, but they were made of something just mind-boggling. So what Moses made was a copy and a shadow But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent. Because Christ, he was the high priest in that thing that Moses was copying. Oh man, last week I had a Lego Jeep up here. A Lego Jeep is as just pale and awful compared to a real Jeep as the tabernacle and the law of Moses Was it just a little copy of what, where Jesus is? His ministry is as much better and much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. This part is awesome. So Christ's ministry is better than Moses's because Christ's promises are better than Moses's promises. So when you read something like that. And you get that little. that little, I wonder what that means. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit saying. Check out the cross references. Go get on Google and Google. What were Moses's promises? That, that is a little prompt. To dive in more. And so let's talk about Moses's promises. First. First the bad news. Moses' promises, um, you could say Moses' promises are the 613 laws, but I went to just find where Moses in the law gave a promise from God. This is Exodus 19, and I'm, I'm really only pulling a little bit of it out, but he says, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to myself. Here comes the promise part. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people for all the earth is mine. You will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you will speak to the people of Israel. So he's saying, tell Moses, you tell all them they're going to be a kingdom of priests. They're going to be a priestly nation. If they obey my laws, if they obey my voice. So Moses came, called the elders of the people, set before them all these words. All the people answered and said, everything the Lord has spoken, we will do. Good job. We know how that went because we read the book of Numbers, right? Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. It all started with God saying, if you obey my voice, then I will do all of this. That was the promise that the old covenant was enacted upon. Here's the promise that the new covenant was enacted upon. And this is from John 14. This is Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. This promise is just getting better and better as it goes, isn't it? These things I've spoken to you while I'm with you. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all that I've said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as Do you notice in here, Jesus is just giving promises. And there is no bit of, oh yes, we'll do Everything. Because Jesus is about ready to do everything. I I, I went on through there and looking for that. And you get the one bit where Peter says, I'm going to do it. And Jesus is like, well, you're going to get really messed up and it's going to be horrible. But you'll come back. The ministry that Jesus has is as much better than the previous covenant as His promises are. His promises depend on us believing Him with full knowledge that we're not going to do a very good job of acting that out. But those sins will be forgiven. So now back to Hebrews. If that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. If that motorcycle was a good enough thing for Lego to sell you, And they didn't ever have to sell you anything else. They wouldn't advertise to you the helicopter. He finds fault. What? God finds fault with the people because they can't keep that first covenant. They just can't do it. And so he says, this is through the prophet Jeremiah. This is when Babylon is hauling people off. And it's terrible. He says, behold, the days are coming when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It won't be like the Moses covenant. It won't be like the covenant I made when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. They did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them. This is the covenant. This is Jeremiah in like 500, 600 B.C. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my laws into their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. That is a promise. All right, so another Bible study tip. Whenever you're reading the New Testament and they quote the Old Testament, go dig it up, right? And get the context of what they're saying. This is Babylon has already come some and hauled off some people like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those guys. More people are getting hauled off. What Jeremiah says is getting written down so when they're in exile and they're suffering, they can read this and they can be reminded of this promise, of this covenant. Well, the next thing Jeremiah says, after he says, I'm going to put my law in your heart, I'm going to write it on you, he says, Thus says the Lord, God said this, who gives the sun for light by day, it fixed the order of the moon and the stars. By the light of night. So he's saying, as long, well, if the fixed order of the sun and moon depart, then the offspring of Israel will cease from being a nation before me forever. He's saying, look, you guys, you're getting hauled off to Babylon. Every night you look up at the moon, every day the sun beats down on you in your slavery, remember, as long as that sun is shining, I will keep my covenant with you. So it turns something of the misery of working all night, being in exile, suffering into a reminder that God is with us and his covenant is he will put his law into my mind. He'll write it on my heart and he will be my God and I will be one of his people. Do you remember way, way back when we were reading Exodus? He said, you'll be a priestly nation. You will be a priestly nation. Peter talks about us being a kingdom of priests also. Remember, a priest is somebody that acts between the deity and the people. And now all of a sudden, all of the people become the priests to interact directly with the deity. Wow. So this is the covenant that we have. This is the covenant that came when Jesus was born and lived. I will put my laws into their minds. I'll write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. They will not teach each one to his neighbor and each one to his brother saying, Know the Lord, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. I was telling the story the other night to my kids about the night I got saved. And it was sometime in January 1993. 30 years ago, and it was like 11 o'clock at night or midnight, and so we did the thing that you do when you get saved in college at midnight. We went to Denny's, and my whole dinner conversation while I'm eating my Grand Slam that was like $2, you guys. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do now that I'm a Christian? What do I do? How do I do this? How do I do that? And the guy that led me to Christ was just answer my questions, answer my questions, answer my questions. At that moment, I was the least of them. I didn't know squat about what it meant to be a Christian. I just knew that I had just given my life to serve Jesus, that I needed him to save me. But they shall each know me from the least to the greatest. This lady in Jordan, she may have no access to any scriptures or anything, but the Holy Spirit is right there sitting in her, teaching her and instructing her and guiding her. So, very last verse of Hebrews 8, in speaking of a new covenant, He makes the first one obsolete. Obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. This would be a major controversy too. Can you imagine? It'd be like walking downtown and they got the 10 commandments set up by the courthouse. And you'd be like, you know what? We actually don't need this anymore. Huh. Going into the post office and there's all the most wanted signs and hanging on the wall. And you just take them all down. And you're like, we well, you know what? We don't need this anymore. What? Just think of any old institution that's set up. And he says to all of these Hebrew raised Christian people. The first one is obsolete. What is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So what in the world do we do? He's been telling you for seven chapters already from crying out loud, right? Follow Jesus follow jesus you don't need a new law you don't need a new 613 rules to jump over you don't need 2100 rules about the sabbath day there's a new covenant and the new covenant is the laws in our minds they're written on our hearts he will be there, our god we will be his people And the whole bit of each one should tell his neighbor, know the Lord, know the Lord, for they'll all know me from the least to the greatest. This is for people who believe. It doesn't say don't do evangelism. It doesn't say don't tell everybody, know the Lord, know the Lord. And I know 80% of people in our tri-state area say that they're Christians. And that's awesome because that just gives us more boldness to say, what has the Lord shown you this week? What is the Lord doing in your life? Uh, all of a sudden they'll start looking right because even if they're the least the lord has written his law on their hearts he's written them uh, himself on their minds and it's all of those promises that jesus gave or will come true so let's pray lord thank you that you did this that you came in the flesh to fulfill this promise. That you came in the flesh to relay the promise. Everybody wanted Moses to do all the talking so they couldn't talk to God. And you you came anyway and talked to us directly. I pray that you would give us moments to see this is true this week, Lord. That we would be able to see the law written on our hearts. That we would be able to see that we all know you from the least to the greatest. And that we would grow in maturity in that more and more. We love you, we exalt you, and we praise you, Lord. Amen.